0: Um, Today we have the pleasure of sitting down with Rashawn Taylor or Jamala as I know him. Um, so it's a real pleasure to have you here today, brother. Thank you for agreeing to do this with me.
1: Thank you so much for having me, man. It's an honor and a
0: pleasure. Honor always. Pleasure. It's good seeing you, brother. It's been, wow. How many years has it been since we've seen each other? Oh, uh,
1: six. Yeah, at, at least, huh? At least. Yeah. And that was yet another beautiful day. We was both yeah. leaving that dungeon.
0: Yeah, yeah, we're gonna have to tell the story about that. Um yes. So first, why don't you introduce yourself and and, and uh, tell the audience a little bit about yourself and
1: um uh, and uh anything else you want to know? Okay, well, my name is Jamala Taylor, I'm commonly known as Jamala Taylor, my birth name is LaShawn. Um I'm recently uh paroled from prison after serving 31 years, 15 of those years being served in a solitary confinement at Pelican Bay's infamous mm-hmm. security housing unit. Mm-hmm. Um, since I've been out, it's been bitter and sweet. Uh, thankfully, a lot more sweet than bitter. All right. All right. Yeah, a lot more sweet than bitter. Uh, I've kind of, you know, found my way into the rehabilitation and, and reentry field. I'm committed to helping other people similarly situated, formerly incarcerated, currently incarcerated, and as always, poor people, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, I believe that begins with example, where mm-hmm. a person lives their life, of uh, work they've done to improve their life. Uh, you know, that's the, the, the transformation that I think we all uh, struggle through. being back there in those dun- in those dungeons, looking within first, right. 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 the initial revolution being within. Right, right. now that right. I'm out, I'm uh, taking it to the people on behalf Absolutely. of of the people. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. For the people, by the people, yeah. Okay, so you said um, you spent 15 years. In, yes. Um, man, man, I know I was right there with you, right? So, yes. What was that experience like for you, being in solitary confinement, and how does it compare to being, I know mean, there's no comparison to being free, but
1: have you noticed any effects that that has had on your freedom now? Well, to answer the first question, what was it like? Uh, you know, I always say the blessing and the curse. It right. Was, it was a terrible thing. I remember, uh, you know, getting off the bus once I'd been, you know, once I'd been told that I was going to Pelican Bay Shoe and they transferred mm-hmm. me up there. And I was walking to the shoe compound. I was being escorted by uh security squad members. We call yeah. them the squad. Yeah. And they were telling me things like, well, you know you're going to die back here, right? You're going to be in this right. cell for the rest of your life. And this and that. And, uh, you know, it was... It was a terrible situation in that respect. But, uh, man, I, I grew so much. I learned mm-hmm. so much about myself. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, through that struggle, a diamond was born. Right. Oh, I, absolutely. I, I needed the, the time and space to, to grow and, and mature and mm-hmm. develop as a man. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think the very best part of it was when they created the short corridor. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. I mean, we fall back on that old old from mm-hmm. the uh, prison cells to classrooms and yeah. cell yeah. blocks to universities, you know, exactly.
0: Exactly. And, uh, I was just telling somebody that recently that that was our,
1: that was our push back then, man. We want to turn every prison cell into a classroom, absolutely. Yeah. And we yeah. did that once we yeah. came back together and we were able to overcome that separation. And uh, you know, I was fortunate enough to, to be around. Quality brothers, you know, and um, I learned a lot again about self or about the world, about um, you know, what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, mm-hmm. was a, it was a beautiful experience in that in that respect. Now, in terms right. of uh, the negative consequences, of course, you can't go through that without being changed, right? 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 Without being altered, affected in some way, huh? I mean, I, I use the word altered quite intentionally, and I didn't really understand that until I actually got out. And there was no, you know, it wasn't like a slow roll to to getting back to general population. One mm-hmm. day you were in the shoe and the next day you was on the main line. <laughs> mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And I can recall my first time going outside and almost jumping into a combat crouch because yeah. somebody ran by me on the track. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we just, we had been deprived of that for mm-hmm. so long. Mm-hmm. I can recall mm-hmm. sitting in the back of my cell with the lights out and all my appliances out because it was too much movement in front of myself, and wow. we wow. didn't experience that. In wow! Sensory you know?
0: deprivation. Sensory deprivation. deprivation. Human contact, deprivation. light, plants, yes. trees, everything. People don't really realize or understand. I, I think most people. I'm shocked to find that most people don't even know uh, the horrors of solitary confinement, or even that it existed in in in, in California or, or
1: in in this country as it is. You know, and that was the strength of the system. That was the strength of our captive. Anytime somebody had you captive and and they have the ability to control the narrative, yeah. that, that was the beauty of the hunger strike. Look, those people yeah. didn't care if we lived or died. Right. What they care about is public opinion. And what right. the hunger strike did was bring the eyes of the public to us. To that old narrative, these are the worst of the worst. Okay, mm-hmm. well, let the public mm-hmm. see for themselves. Let's pull back the curtain. Mm-hmm. That was the beauty of the hunger strike. The curtain was pulled mm-hmm. back. Mm-hmm. And you the public was able to see. Right, you got me eager to ask you a couple of questions. The questions
0: are coming to me as you're right so you talk, right And So you bring up some great memories, too. But um, maybe we should tell the audience a little bit about what the hunger strikes were, just so that they're familiar with it for those who don't know.
1: Absolutely. Well, first and foremost, the... Uh, the largest hunger strike was in 2003, the one everybody, excuse me, 2013, the one everybody knows about. Mm-hmm. And um, that was us making the world shape. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Brothers yeah. of every race, brown brothers, white brothers, black brothers, yeah. coming together for the first time, mm-hmm. maybe in the history of prison to this extent, yeah. Yeah. and agreeing to resist. Right. And uh, the hunger strikes being our tool mm-hmm. and our chief tool hunger strike, workshopping, and it emanated from Pelican Bay Shoe, and it spiraled out into every pen in California. Yeah, And the and beauty the of it is, sure. man, that's exactly what I was – that's the true yeah. cool beauty. Yeah. Colorado, Arizona, yeah. Texas, bond yeah. movements all across the world. It was mm-hmm. a wonderful thing. And it was in response to our treatment, to the system we were up under. Um, a lot of people don't know that the system in California wasn't um, – disciplinary based. It was administrative right. based. Administratively right. based. Right. They felt right. that you were a member of an organization or a gang, as they called it. You were immediately slammed down. You, you didn't it. have to do anything. You were just thrown in the solitary for the rest of your life. Indeterminate. An indeterminate issue. And the only way out, we still have a saying, snitch, parole, or die. Or die. Yeah. And uh, and they missed that. And they meant that. And yeah. the snitch part of it was a uh, a program they created called uh, Debriefing. And Debriefing I know that's a really beautiful technical term, but what mm-hmm. it actually means is come in over a year period, we get to debrief you right. about the organization or the gang or whatever it is they're accusing you to be a part of. We mm-hmm. want to know everything about it. We want to know everything that was involved in it. Everybody, every act. And, uh, of course, that would leave you in terrible standing with that particular group, with, with mm-hmm. all of you. But more importantly, in terms of character and integrity, how could you look at yourself? What sense does it make to get out of solitary confinement if you can't look at yourself in the mirror?
0: You know, and that's interesting you said, because there's another point to that too, that I I like to remind people of the fact that you have to know that debriefing is a military term. Yes. So we're dealing with a military mindset. It it is. The corrections department. And it just shows you the intensity in which they felt they needed to treat us, the intensity in which they were seriously trying to destroy our lives and our humanity, because they went to military jargon for a military movement. You know, exactly. every profession uses its own jargon, its own language. Yes. It tells you what the mind state was. But I don't want to get stuck on that. I mean, I, thank you for expounding on that too, brother. Um, I really wanted to ask you, because you mentioned earlier, that you're still fighting the good fight. You're still trying to help the people. Um but the real reason why the shoe existed and why they gave us indeterminate shoes and why they had some brothers back there 40 years, 30 years, some of our elders, some of the brothers who helped uh, educate us, right? Some of the older brothers that you and I had the opportunity, we're the same age, had the opportunity to get around and, and to learn from um, yeah. some old Panthers and, and you know, the brothers who, who were part of the political struggle during the Black Power Movement um, was for helping the people. Yes. I'm going to ask you now, does that affect your, your, your wherewithal or your ability or even your... Does it affect how you move in, in trying to do what you're doing now to help the people, knowing that you were punished for doing it for so long and, for, and, and so detrimentally?
1: It, it absolutely does, but not in the way that they thought it would. Right, right. I, we, we have a, a very dear friend, Zaharipo, and he used to always characterize certain cats as broken men. Exactly people who were broken in that way. Exactly. exactly. I wasn't broken. So exactly. it does it does affect me, but as fuel. Mm-hmm. I'm doubly motivated now to be in the struggle, to be in the trenches. Mm-hmm. And one of the things, the chief things I learned back there is it's not so much about the way you talk, it's mm-hmm. how you walk. In. It's the example right. you, exactly how you it your life. Mm-hmm. I truly am a new man as a result of that experience. Mm-hmm. And Being able to come out here and and put that on display on behalf of us, Mm -hmm. that's an honor and a privilege. And Mm -hmm. that's also a motivation to be in the church.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. We're going to get into it. We're going to get into your new website and the things that you're doing that are absolutely mind-blowing. And I feel like they're historic. I feel like they're going to really change the game for brothers who are incarcerated. Um, But I wanted to ask you also, you know, I think I was telling you, we were having a conversation offline. I was telling you before that, you know, my first six months out here were, were like a dream come true. You know, I know we both shared that same horror, horrific experience of being locked up and confined in the shoe. Uh, you did 31 years, I did 25. So we're right there with each other and experiencing that trauma of, of prison. Um, but the first first six months of my freedom were really lovely and beautiful like a dream. And then I hit a wall after about six, seven months um, and I came to find out later through some trial and error, some tribulations, that that wall was based on what they technically call post-incarceration syndrome. Yes. Uh, it's a mental health malady consisting of five different mental health um, uh, uh, conditions, PTSD, uh, sensory, sensory deprivation syndrome, antisocial personality traits, substance use disorder, and, uh, and, and others. And I'm wondering, um, have you found anything since, you know, you're, you're, you're still fresh out? Um, you look good. You look fresh. Uh, Thank you. Have you have you um, experienced any of those type of things? Any PTSD type type issues or anything?
1: Uh, I don't I don't know that it's been to that extent, mm-hmm. but I can say that, like my my sister pointed out to me the other day, you know you notice you never volunteer information. Wow, interesting. And that's prison because information is power. That's how we are trained. Yeah. Exactly. information
0: yeah. from other people but exactly. all close. Well, you know, well, well, yeah well not only that brother but that's the whole basis of the debriefing process uh-huh the main tool that they used against you was about gathering information whether it be false or or yeah. they didn't care either way as long as they could use it to, to keep somebody else in indeterminately locked up and just yeah. somebody else's life so and and, and i know i'm glad you said that one thing that i noticed that it affects my relationships my relationship yeah. with my fiance and my family because i'm not I don't divulge information easily. I don't talk about things very easily. Yep. So,
1: um, you know, that's one thing that I'm working on real real tough right now. And I'm working on it as well. But I, I yeah. think that's probably the biggest, you know, change. And also, uh, you know, we kind of develop analytical mind. Maybe too much, <laughs> though. <You laughs> yeah, know, yeah, absolutely. Thinking the planning as opposed to the spontaneity and just wow. going with it. I, I don't necessarily have that quality anymore. I, I would like to. I hope I can get back to that that openness, that, that freeness, you know what I'm saying? I think it's essential to freedom. Right. But right now it's like, man, I'm, I'm still in that mode. I still get up very, very early, Mm -hmm. you know, work out, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, I still study Mm -hmm. all of the things that, you know, we came up doing, I still Mm -hmm. do. And uh, so I haven't completely turned the corner in terms of Mm -hmm. um, transitioning back Mm -hmm. to freedom. There's a big part of me that's free, but there's still another part of me that's, still operating, you know, in that
0: way. You know, one thing I was just talking to the fiance about, man, just the other night. And I was I was explaining to her. And it really came to me kind of in a dream through prayer and meditation was the fact that, you know, we learned some life, some lifelong lessons. We learned some things about being moral, being ethical, being men, how we carry ourselves, you know, our our ideology, you know, mm-hmm. political worldview and things like that. But one thing that I think that we learned that was sort of intangible was the idea of not, like you just like you just mentioned, not being broken. And what that meant for me was um, I refused to allow myself to be seen as uh, having given up. Yep. You know, the, the, just like with the hunger strikes, you know, unfortunately we had some martyrs. We had some people who died in the hunger strikes. Yep. And that means they starved themselves for freedom. They starved themselves to be released from solitary confinement. Um, mm-hmm. But I was just telling the fiance the other day, I think that one of the issues that I struggle with is juxtaposing how much of that experience to maintain and to carry into my daily life and how much of it to kind of let go of, you know, I struggle with this thing called the prison mentality. Mm -hmm. I still find myself, brother. I still find myself going to the back of the line uh, in the grocery store (laughs) Yeah, for real. I still find myself standing with, you know, I I won't stand in a line with someone behind me. I'll stand to the side in the line, you know, um, I find myself, kind of still having some some shaky, nervous feelings where there's a lot of people around me. Yep. Or things like that still give me a lot of anxiety, and a lot of, you know, they, they bother me, right? Yep. So I'm trying to let those things go, but maintain that idea of not being broken. And what yep. I realized, and I don't know, maybe you'll find it interesting, is that I have to take that not being counted amongst the broken men, which is the George Jackson quote, um, mm-hmm. not being counted amongst the broken, and apply that towards those prison mentality. Things. Does that make sense? Yes. So I'm, yes. I'm doing that, that same experience now to, to really heal myself and to really yes. transition into that
1: freedom. Yes. And I think something that we can all lean on is the strength that it took to get through that part of our struggle. Right. From that time back there under the how, how many dudes do we know that are broken men? That's straight right. up broke. Right. Whether their minds broke or their, their right. constitution, Experience. their willpower. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We still talk, man. I'm proud of that. That's like my yeah. absolute badge of honor right there. Oh Because brother. it's easy to say what you would do, mm-hmm. but it's one of those things where you actually got to do it before you actually know. I mean, down deep where only you live, mm-hmm. where you actually know what kind of strength you have. Because it was absolutely. put to the test, man. It mm-hmm. was put to the test. It really was. Yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, let me flip the page just a little bit. So, how were you able to gain your release? I know I know from reading. Matter of fact, I went on your website, beautiful website, by the way. Thank you. The little bio there, and it talks about the amount of time you were given, which was um, 99 years to life,
1: was it? 99 years to life. And the website is linearconsultants.com. Okay, right. Um, on. Well, you remember the morning we got out of the shoe? It was me, you, and a couple of more brothers on the bus. Sure. yeah I wanted to tell that story why don't you tell that story but I wanted to tell that story man that was as as a result of the hunger strike in 2013 we won our freedom but it didn't happen immediately right although they told us in 2013 that they were going to let us out and just attack we actually didn't get out until 2015 let me interject here
0: too for the the public
1: and we're not talking about freedom from prison we're just talking
0: about freedom from prison inside of a prison inside of a prison for people who don't know you have what's called the shoe, which is Security Housing Unit. But inside of the shoe, for this brother, for myself, and for about 30 other brothers, and I mean, that's speaking of uh, Blacks, but there were Whites there, there were Hispanics there, you know, there were some of everybody, a few Asians. Um, they created a special shoe called the Short Corridor Unit, which was a, so you had a, <laughs> you had a prison, then a prison inside of that prison, then a prison inside of that prison. And that's basically what we're talking about the day that we were released from. Okay, go ahead, brother. I'm sorry. I just want to get that so people would understand the, the, the magnitude of what of what it is
1: you're speaking on. And all this was for the worst of the worst. I mean, we yeah. were literally the worst quote, the worst. quote. yeah, fighting through metal, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> we eventually uh won our freedom. And I remember that morning, you know, they the night before they told me I was leaving. So early yeah. that morning, everybody who was leaving it rounded us all up into yeah. the visiting which is really a, an a formula small cage. Mm-hmm. Every individual, we're all isolated. So they put us all in individual cages. As I walked into the visiting room, I saw first one of my elders and then yourself standing next to him. Yeah. yeah, Went down to my cage and we all started talking and whatnot. Yeah. So about an hour later, they put us on the bus and Pelican Bay is in the middle of nowhere, maybe right. 10 hours to the to the nearest somewhere. Exactly. So we had a nice, long bus ride to talk and reunite and, you know, plan and do whatever it is. <laughs> that bus ride had me sick. I'm not going to lie. I felt seasick. It was a unique thing because it had been yeah. so long for all of us. But just
0: imagine that. Imagine that. We were we were locked away and sensory deprived for so long. You know, yeah. you get the car sick. You know, people talk about getting car sick. But we had no movement for so long that being on that bus ride literally cats were literally being, getting sick from yep. the movement, from the movement of the bus and the road. And and I guess the sensory
1: too, you know, taking in so much, so much stuff, you know, in, in your senses, it, it was overwhelming. Yes. And that was, uh, you know, our beginning road to freedom. Well, yep. you didn't quite go free that day. Right. You had to go down to the step down to another shoe. Right, you know, right. Did a lesser shoe. Right, right. Uh, you know, myself and, and the other elder we were with, we were actually going to general population. So we made over to San Quentin for five days, and then they took me to Lancaster. Now, when I got to Lancaster, I was, uh, you know, being told about all these new laws. Mm-hmm. For those that don't know, they're called the Youth Offender Laws. Right. AB 260 and AB 261. Mm-hmm. Granted, uh, the potential for lifers who had been down for 25 years and who uh, committed their crimes um, before they were 26 years old, to mm-hmm. the board, mm-hmm. so, I didn't really think I had any action at it. Turns out I did. I had never heard of any of these laws before I got to Lankin. Because the fact, right. was, while we were in, in solitary, our struggle was getting out. We yeah, getting out solitary. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was it. Getting out of prison was like, you know, that yeah. was like beyond us. We trying yeah. to get out. Of yeah, so, just let me so get, get some fresh air. Here trying to get some fresh air, a little freedom, yeah. no more yeah. trip searches and all this yeah, stuff. Yeah, let me see the sunshine. Let me see, yeah, let me, yeah. see some- Exactly. <laughs> so, I started, uh, you know, going to classes and that kind of thing, and I really wasn't going to classes in pursuit of freedom because I didn't really think it really applied to me. I didn't really right. think. I just, the first class that I signed up for was one called Inside Garden, okay. another The Five Ventures, and uh, a couple of more the inside garden class I signed up for because after being back there all those years in solitary surrounded by nothing but meadowing concrete when I saw gardening man I wanted to just stick my hand in <laughs> it. It was as simple as that I know that's right it was as simple as that I know that's right that's... now it turns out this was a self-help class okay and I made contacts there that helped me to this day I'm now employed as a free man right. I'm now employed by that very program Wow, the five inches, and we talk about uh, getting out of shoe and you know dealing with PTSD and, and some of the stressors that we developed back there. The five inches was a business program. Okay, events every couple of months where they would bring in people from the outside, from all over the country, people from Silicon Valley, mm-hmm. from the East Coast, from Wall Street, all these important investors, angel tree investors. So I walk into the gym one day and all these people are there. And it just blew my mind. I wasn't. I needed that at that moment to learn how to socialize again. This might sound crazy, but I didn't know how to approach people. I had no <laughs> category, that ability. I mean, just and I, I started out simply. I walked up to somebody and said, "Hi, I'm Sean." Right. This lady probably thought I was the weirdest cat on earth because I didn't know where to go after that. <laughs> Thank God she picked up. But yeah. I literally had to learn how to socialize. Absolutely. And that Absolutely. program helped me do that. But okay. Please. No, no, no. Yeah,
0: yeah. I, I hear you. You you just made me think about how it is. Um it's just so true, bro. It, it's it's actually mind boggling, even for me, and I experienced it to think that that's after man, having to learn how to socialize all over again. Yes.
1: Yes. Yeah, but don't yes. let me cut you up,
0: brother. Please continue.
1: And um uh, you know, from there, I, I actually got a piece of paper telling me I was going to board in 2017. I okay. wasn't expecting it, but then I had no idea what the board process was like, none whatsoever. When I went to talk to my state-appointed attorney, you know, you represented the board, my state-appointed attorney, um, he asked me, well, you got your relapse prevention plan? And I was like, what? what? Yeah. I, I had no idea what that was. Right. And, uh, to make a long story short, I went to board, and uh, I received a five-year denial. Okay. But I actually left board feeling confident, okay. feeling good about the five-year denial. Feel like okay. this is real, and I'm gonna get this. Like there's a possibility. There's a possibility. Okay. So I come out and I redoubled my effort. I went from taking classes to teaching them. Wow. I got my GED. Um, I enrolled in two college programs. Wow. And I just went all in. I started. And I kind of started to come out of my shell. Mm-hmm. With that, building a network. Mm-hmm. A network that's part of my support structure to this very day. Amazing. So three years later, I, I put in an early uh, form to go back to board early, which mm-hmm. was cranny. I went okay. back before the board, and this time I was fully on. I had
0: mm-hmm. taken all
1: of the classes they needed me to take. I had improved uh, academically. I had... Uh, taking vocations and everything they needed me to do, I had done. Mm-hmm. And I was fortunate enough to earn my freedom. And here wow. I am. Yes.
0: Yeah. 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 And, and, and you know, and I think in what you reveal in that story, I don't know if the listening public will actually catch it, but I'm going to put it out there for them, is you actually reveal the reason why they created the shoe and kept us locked away in the shoes like they did in that sensory-deprived isolation, that inhumanity that they had us locked away. Because like you said, man, um, a diamond, you know, you prove that fact. Your actions prove the fact of what you're really capable of, and that's something that is uh, antagonistic to and um, totally, totally um, contrary to the point and the goal of the prison system. Yes, so they want they want you to be in your lowest your lowest mind state. They want you to have a criminal mentality. and yes. absolutely. And that's why you deserve that and you earn that freedom. And I'm glad you said it that way. You
1: earned that, brother. And I commend. I appreciate that. Yeah, but I now do- they got have- it a new stick. they've even gone so far as to weaponize that the parole process really oh without question in what way in what way you get a 115 that's that might be another three to five years right, right. and of course the co's understand the power and you remember when we was coming up in prison man we we're gonna write you up so and? yeah and <laughs> it didn't mean anything i got life now it means everything if, if right. going home is in your car Right. But they created, you know, a, a, another weapon mm-hmm. out of something so beautiful and so good in terms of people, you know, mm-hmm. potentially going home and being able to taste freedom. They somewhat weaponized it again. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it,
0: shows, it shows you how that hope is dashed. You know, when, when we were through that, through that, through that, um, that, that indeterminate shoot process, you know, when they would validate you, they had to. Six points of reference. If somebody mentioned your name or if they found your name you know, on a piece of paper in someone else's sale, if you were helping somebody yeah. with legal work and you have to have your name on a on a, a legal piece of paper that the prison provides you and it was in another person's cell, they would use that as a point to continue six more years in the shoot. Right. Yeah. So it sounds like they've they've incorporated that process now into the parole or into the board process where you get a 115 and it can be for the most inak- in, in, uh, you know in you know the, the smallest little infraction you know you have no control of what you get
1: a 115 for absolutely they've, like I say they've absolutely weaponized well, nice. the process well. and it uh it's another way of creating broken me follow wow. people who well. are compliant people who are utmost compliant because right. you don't want to step out of line and you know ruin your uh your opportunity to be free so in terms against that, your best interest Complying against your best interests. And that's exactly what it's
0: bringing. Man, I love this conversation, brother. I appreciate this so much. So tell me, man, what's on the horizon? What what you working on now that you're here?
1: Well, my sister and I um, created a company called Linear Consulting and Support Services. The website is Mm -hmm. LinearConsultants.com. Well, I told you about earning my way to freedom through the classes and coming to a point where I was teaching the classes. Well, I also, in my spare time, I started preparing other cats to go to board. Okay. In terms of, uh, you know, the board really wants to see some of the nexuses they think that tie most, if not all of us together, are gangs, drugs, alcohol. Mm -hmm. But they want to see things like CGA, AA, NA, anger management, Mm -hmm. uh, victim's impact. These these are all things I facilitated. So Mm -hmm. I put a curriculum together, a correspondence curriculum, Wow. And this is a for-profit, excuse me, a for-profit business, but so we're going to be selling correspondence courses, but we're also going to be offering scholarships to uh, people who are indigent who are still incarcerated. Wow. And, balance it out. and uh, it's about helping people find freedom, learning how to, how to present in front of the board, because that's one of the things that I didn't know, and most people don't know. There's a certain specific language that you have to use to get across to the board in terms of relapse prevention plan, in terms of <laughs> triggers, external, internal, in terms of understanding your life story, being able to narrate that, mm-hmm. being able to stop, start, answer questions. Mm-hmm. If they ask you, well, you had a drug problem, okay, well, how have you addressed it? Well, what are you going to do going forward? Mm-hmm. What are your coping skills? Mm-hmm. You have to understand this language. You have to speak to them in a way that they're going to understand it. And you can only do that by doing the work. Amazing. And you're consulting you developed the correspondence program that's going to get you there. Amazing. Well, you know, that's interesting, man. It's all I can say is God is
0: good, brother, because you know, here with Breaking Change men in minds, we're about trying to heal the traumas, you know, prison yes. and major trauma in people's lives, post-prison trauma, uh, prison trauma, post incarceration trauma, you know, dealing with mental, mental health, and, and um so I can see, man, I can see where we're running, where we're running, we're running along the same parallel line.
1: You know, so with them. We're going um, to get them out and send them to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or your consulting will get them out and, and break breaking change many minds will yeah, take care yeah, of them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And in and, and,
0: and that process as well, man, you know, doing what they're doing with the correspondence courses that you're offering, you know, you, you begin to learn a lot about yourself too. Yes. You know, that 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 even begins that healing process. That was one thing that I think we were fortunate with, the unfortunate um, shoe confinement, was that um, we were able to self-reflect. Yes we forced ourselves to self-reflect and to learn to meditate and to do those things. You know, we forced ourselves to, yes. to separate from the inhumanity that we were feeling. And I think maybe that's one of the things that people can, can some of these brothers who are, who are fighting for their freedom inside of these dungeons, man, can really get out of the correspondence courses that you're offering. And hopefully with some of the information that we're offering here in Breaking Chains Men Mind and Minds is that healing process to begin that healing process.
1: And I believe one of the things at board that they used to use, and they still use to deny people's real subjective is insight, right? And Excited that's, that's the, the hardest part of the process: is developing insight. I have a, t- a term that I coined, me, a term that I coined called objective introspection. You uh, say that introspection. one more time
0: slowly for for, for, for slow people.
1: Objective introspection. Objective introspection. Okay. You take an honest look within. Right not make excuses for what you see. Right. And the skill part of that comes in with being able to then articulate that. Okay. You can look within yourself and be honest with yourself, but when you go up in that room, you have to be able to articulate those things to a complete stranger. Mm-hmm. We didn't grow up like that, talking right. about our feelings. Right. right. We, we certainly right. didn't grow up comfortable with talking to a complete stranger Absolutely. About our innermost things. Right. Our relationships with moms, with Mm -hmm. dad, or not having a dad, or not having a mom, or what we were lacking here Mm -hmm. that pushed us toward the streets, or whatever. Mm -hmm. And that's at the core of the correspondence course. Okay. Being able to develop an objective look within and articulate the results Mm -hmm. of that look.
0: Right, right.
1: Amazing. Say
0: one more term, one more time with the term. What was it? Objective. Introspection. introspection objective introspection yeah we gotta make sure you get that one locked in what we gotta do to get that to webster
1: yeah no <laughs> hopefully yeah. this interview would do it <laughs> yeah you know how they like to
0: steal stuff though
1: so we gotta make sure we you know got that copyrighted yeah yeah we gotta get that copyrighted. now the first uh, correspondence module is called uh, the ethos program okay. and the overall work will be up under my, something called maslow the maslow program mm-hmm. and um yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be really good. Ethos being ethics, right? And, uh, you know, that's a that's an ethical step. It requires incredible strength to look within, especially right. when, uh, like I say, we don't, we're not raised doing that. And it's a process, and it's a skill, but uh, it can be developed. And I'm I'm living proof of it. And to gain your freedom, you need to develop. I'm
0: gonna tell you, in all honesty, brother, it really sounds like this 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 correspondence program that you've developed goes even beyond, and I understand the purpose of it, and I get it, I commend you for it, I'm yeah. sure, and I have no doubt this is going to help thousands and thousands of men gain their freedom through the parole board, but it's yeah. something I may want to take myself, even though I'm out here, just to further the freedom that I've gained, you know, just to, like, the ethos program, ethics, dealing with my own personal ethics and learning more about myself, that objective introspection, being able to actually articulate
1: what I learn about myself, you know? Absolutely that's like the program that I need to be taking right now. Thank you so much for saying that. Because at the end of the day, you know, getting out is is absolutely a noble goal, finding your freedom. But the path to getting out, to truly getting out is transformation. Right. Personal transformation. Because see, personal transformation it it looks a certain way, it sounds a certain way, it smells a certain way. Mm-hmm. And when you go up in to board in front of those commissioners who do this for a living, five days a week, uh, 352 weeks a year, Mm -hmm. that's what they're looking for. Mm -hmm. So you need to be able to demonstrate your transformation Mm -hmm. through your actions, but in the way you speak. That's sincerity, and that comes through practice. Mm -hmm. That's very, very important. And transformation is not just limited to to prison, to getting out of prison. Right. We all want to transform. We all want to be a better version of ourselves, or, or we should, I think, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's continuous. Even out here, I'm, I'm hopefully becoming a better version of myself. Yeah. And when I attain that, I want to be a better version of that person. Absolutely. Absolutely. So and so on. So that's why it's applicable even beyond getting out of prison.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Jamal, I'm telling you, brother, that's um enlightening, enlightening, and I appreciate you sharing that with us. Um. Now I'm going to stick on what you said, man. Personal transformation, you know. Uh, yes. Um, so before we close out, I want to ask one more thing. Um, is there anything that you'd like to share with others um, who are in this situation? Who are, who are, and I think you may have just hit on it with what you just said about personal transformation.
1: Is there anything you'd like to share with brothers who, who may see this? We have to leave the criminal mindset behind. Absolutely. And when I speak to transformation, a lot of us coming from behind those walls. I mean, I was fortunate enough to have left that mindset behind while in custody, Mm -hmm. to an extent. You know how the prison culture always breeds certain things. But we have to transform ourselves away from the the gangsterism, the streetism, Mm -hmm. the Mm drugs, if we're going to be successful in this new world. Mm -hmm. If you've been gone a long time and you find yourself reentering society, it's in your interest to be open-minded, to change, mm-hmm. to adapt. Because doing the same old thing in this new world, it is not going to last. Absolutely. And I guarantee you, it's a waste of time to come home if you're going to go right, right back.
0: Right.
1: You might yeah. as well stay where you are, brother. Especially for false virtues. Especially. Especially. Because a lot of that time, you know, I was lacking something within and looking for it externally and that never works. man you got to build on what you got within and, and a piece of real practical advice i would give people is this support mm. me and you, you are, fortunate. are fortunate yeah you have your lovely counterpart right 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 there in the trenches with you yeah you my family my friends i know you have friends family organizations i got you brother oh you damn that's you. <laughs> yeah absolutely build support being in a transitional house one of the things i've learned i've been able to see cats who don't have support and and how much more difficult their journey is right if you anticipate getting out right along with you trying to transform your mentality and transform your life and and learn and grow develop that network Mm -hmm. that you're gonna have to lean on and tap into when you get out i cannot i cannot stress the importance of that enough i mean that goes directly to success or failure failure being recidivating success being continued freedom absolutely you know we didn't didn't touch on the transitional
0: house thing i think we're gonna have to do that when we do a part two of this thing or part three or part four however we get into it (laughs) Uh, Yeah, brother it's been a real pleasure and an honor i mean a a serious honor you know it's been like you said over six years since we last saw each other and and we saw each other in a certain state you know um And I'm going to be honest about it. Just say that he on slave state shackle head to toe, yes. you know, wrist shackle, legs shackle. Yeah.
1: Um, and brother, you look good, man. You do my heart real good to see. Likewise. Me. And I want to thank you. And I'm proud of you. And I know the people thank are you, proud Lord. of thank you. Me. What you're doing. I mean, thank giving you. a platform to come here today is a wonderful thing. Uh, man, you're you really doing big things, man. And we all proud of you. And I I, I, I expect even more. I know Not you're doing for it. And I hope you <laughs> had that expectation of me. Absolutely. Together, brother. We, the only way we're going to do it is yes, do it together. You know, yes, sir. we're going to keep pushing. Yes, all right, brother. I thank you. And um, we're going to have to get together and do a part two of this thing. Absolutely. And I want to remind the people to uh, please look us up, LinearConsultants.com. I think you'll like what you see. Right on. And, uh, you know, it's all about the people. For the people from the people.
0: Absolutely. And I'm going to make sure we put a link to that on our website as well. So they'll be able to find a link on BreakingChangeMendingMinds.org. Uh, Absolutely. We'll do the same. Like right that. All we right, brother. My tech can't be together, but we'll definitely do the same. Thank you so All much. Right. Yeah, thank you.